And welcome to another edition of Right Now with Ben Rosa here on AM 1320 WARA. I will be here with you up until uh, 7 o'clock uh, this evening, uh, so we get uh, two hours to uh, two hours to uh, keep you company here on this uh, very hot Wednesday afternoon. The uh, phone number, if you would like to uh, be a part of the show, is 508-222-1320. Uh, don't really have you know too much uh, you know too much to get into this evening. I would like to uh, hear from uh, as uh, many of you as uh, possible. If uh, you know you have opinions about uh, the uh, subjects that I'm going to uh, bring up, or if there's uh, you know, if there's something that uh, you would like to discuss, uh, feel free to do so. Um, if you were listening to the show uh, last week, um, you know, I was uh, I was. Uh, Talking about uh, some of the uh, Supreme Court decisions that uh, came down uh, at the end of the uh, previous week, and I got a uh, surprise phone call from uh, from uh, Dave Kane, who, as you know, does a uh, show here on Saturdays from uh, nine until noon, and uh, he had asked me, uh, decided to call me on the air and asked me if I wanted to go on his show on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday. And, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> I was certainly caught off guard by that, but, uh, you know, I, in the, uh, in the spur of the moment, I said yes, but if, uh, you listened to Dave's show, um, I was not there and, uh, I do have a, uh, explanation for that, but I'm going to uh, save that for, uh, near the end of the show because, uh, it's, uh, somewhat, somewhat related to, uh, what I mentioned in the uh, preview for uh, tonight's show, uh, if you uh, don't know, I do have a uh, Facebook page for the uh, show here. It's, you know, just simply right now with Ben Rosa and, uh, you know, usually uh, around, uh, you know, around the lunchtime hour, usually sometime, you know, before noon, I will, uh, you know, post a preview of what I'm going to uh, talk about on the show and, uh, you know, I and uh, you know, I, I mentioned on there that uh, I'm going to have uh, a uh, a big uh, um, announcement that I uh, that I will uh, make uh, near the end of the show. Uh, it does relate uh, to uh, what uh, you will be hearing, uh, what you're hearing on the airwaves uh, at this time. And uh, you know, I will get into uh, all of that uh, later on when we get into the uh, final segment of the show. Uh, you know, usually the way the uh, Usually the way the breaks are uh, scheduled around here, uh, you know, usually uh, the last break occurs right around 20 minutes before the top of the hour. So uh, when we get into the second hour, you know, the last break, I'll uh, start it somewhere around there because I've got, because uh, I'm going to have a lot to say during that uh, final segment. So uh, I'm going to want to try to get, uh, you know, the break done as uh, quickly as possible so I can get back to uh, do that. But uh, there is some, uh, there is a couple of items in the uh, news. Uh, well, actually, one thing that's not really in the news, you might not have heard a lot about what's going on with this, but uh, but uh, down in Taunton, where I live, uh, we are going to be having a, uh, a mayoral election. Our, uh, the incumbent, Shauna O'Connell, will be facing an opponent by the name of Ed Correa. Uh, now, uh, he hasn't uh, turned in his uh, papers or... Uh, you know, or anything. In fact, in fact, uh, you know, none of the three people that have put in to run for mayor, including Shauna and a uh, third gentleman, who I'll mention uh, when we get into that, 
uh, you know, uh, no one's had their uh, papers certified as of yet, but uh, but uh, Mr. Correa did have a uh, campaign kickoff event a couple of weeks ago that uh, drew quite a few people, over 300 from what I was told. And uh, I do want to uh, get into what's uh, going on down there with uh, the dynamics of that race, plus... Uh, one subject that I've uh, been uh, that I've uh, mentioned a lot here on the show is, uh, you know, speaking of Ton, uh, what has been happening with uh, the hotel that we have the uh, the Clarion Inn. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's been uh, taken over by uh, by the state. You know, who are housing uh, migrant families or illegals, if you would, if you want to call them that. Uh, you know, it's uh, we know it's been going on in Ton, and we've heard uh, you know uh, rumors about. Uh, other places, I mean, we heard it was definitely uh, also happening out in uh, West Springfield. But uh, but uh, now we know that it's uh, close to two dozen communities throughout Massachusetts where uh, this is taking place, where the state has uh, these contracts with, uh, with uh, various uh, hospitality companies, and uh, they are housing uh, migrants all over the place. And uh, I'll be uh, getting into that and more, plus... Uh, well, so it was a busy weekend for uh, yours truly. On uh, Friday, I went to uh, see the Boston Red Sox up at Fenway Park. Uh, it was a uh, very interesting experience. Uh, they uh, they won the game, thankfully. They were playing the Oakland A's, after all, the worst team in baseball. Though they're not as... Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, they are bad, but there's another team that's almost as bad, the Kansas City Royals. They're not, uh, that, far off, not that far off <laughs> from each other, but... Uh, but yeah, Oakland's been the worst team all year. Thankfully, the Red Sox won the game, so I'm going to talk about that. And plus, uh, an event that I emceed over the weekend up in uh, Gardner, Massachusetts, uh, uh, Central Mass uh, Conservatives uh, holding a uh, holding a summer rally, and uh, I was the uh, the MC for that event. And uh, once again, uh, want to thank the uh, the organizers of that event, Rebecca Connors and uh, uh, Jesse. Uh, uh, Barbary for uh, for having me up there to uh, you know to MC their event. So I'll uh, talk about that and uh, the other things I mentioned. Plus, you know, if you want to uh, chime on in with anything else, you can call 508-222-1320. But right now, going to take the first break of the evening and uh, be back in just a couple of minutes. This is AM 1320 WARA. And welcome back to right now here on AM 1320 WARA. 508-222-1320 is the phone number if you would like to uh, be part of the program this evening. Uh, one of the things I uh, mentioned uh, in the opening segment, uh, you're talking about uh, the, uh, you know, just how many places are hosting these uh these uh, immigrant families that have been uh, that have been coming into uh, Massachusetts, uh, you know, we've been uh, we have been uh, dealing with this down in uh, Taunton for uh, for a little while here, as uh, as uh, the state decided to uh, you know to uh, you know, go into business with, uh, the co- with the company that owns the Clarion Inn in Taunton. The uh, the hotel has been uh, uh, shut down for some time uh, in, in terms of. Uh, being open to the general public, it's been housing uh, uh, a few hundred, uh, a few hundred of people. Uh, you know, uh, um, you know, immigrant families, mostly from Haiti. Uh, you know, we of course were 
really caught off guard when uh, when this happened, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we've uh, you know we've been feeling uh, pretty helpless because you know there's uh, there's not much that can uh, be done about it. But uh, but something interesting uh, has uh, happened over the past uh, couple of days. Uh, there is a, a member of the legislature uh, up on uh, Beacon Hill, uh, Peter Durant, who. Uh, just so happens to be one of the uh, two Republican candidates for uh, the uh, state Senate seat that has become open out in uh, Worcester County. Uh, I uh, met uh, with uh, the other uh, the other Republican who's running in that primary, and I'll uh, I'll uh, talk about that one again to uh, my day this past uh, Sunday up in uh, up in Gardner. But uh, but uh, yeah, Peter Durant uh, wanted to uh, you know, wanted to get uh, information about. Uh, about uh, where all of these uh, people are, uh, are are being kept, uh, we had been hearing for a while that uh, there was a hotel up in uh, West Springfield that was uh, that was also uh, doing this. But uh, but uh, we we now know that uh, it's it's up to uh, twenty three different communities here in Massachusetts where these uh, where these migrants are being held and. Uh, you know, just uh, going down the list in alphabetical order, you've got uh, Burlington, Chelsea, Concord, Dedham, Greenfield, Holyoke, Kingston, Marlboro, Methuen, Norton, which well, it was a little surprised to find out, uh, Norwood, Peabody, Plymouth, Revere, Saugus, Shrewsbury, Sturbridge, uh, Taunton, Waltham, West Springfield, Westboro, Woburn, and Worcester. Kind of surprising that Boston is uh, not on the list. Uh, you know, being uh, the capital, the hub, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, a lot more of a, a widespread uh, issue than we had originally thought. And I do believe uh, Sturbridge is part of the current uh, state rep district that uh, Mr. Durant. Uh, represents up there at the state house but uh but yeah i mean it's uh it's 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 quite shocking to see you know to find out that it's uh you know that it's uh, not just uh you know that, that it's not just a couple of places here and there we're talking about uh you know we're talking about almost two dozen uh communities but uh you know it does you know you know it is sad that uh, you know that uh, you know that this is happening uh, because uh, you know because you know a lot of places, in my opinion, you know uh, they just you know and I, I think if it was up to a vote of uh, the people that uh, live in these places, you know I have a feeling that they would uh, you know that they would not want to be uh, you know to be you know to be dealing with this uh, you, know, you know to be dealing with this kind of a situation. Uh, you know, cause, I mean, I mean, I can tell you what's what has been going on uh, down in uh, Taunton. You know, we've uh, you know we've had a, an increase in uh, you know in uh, you know emergency calls that have uh, that have happened there at the uh, you know that have happened at the hotel. I mean, there was uh, one day, one day uh, not uh, not too long ago, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, I was driving home from work, uh, going uh, down four ninety five, getting off at the exit right there at the at the inn and and I saw I saw an ambulance there so I uh so I decided to uh do a, a quick post on Facebook to mention uh, yeah this is uh yeah this is uh, what I saw this is uh this is definitely happening here uh 
and uh, I'm just, you know, you know, and and the thing is, you know, you, you know, the the reason that they're doing this now is because you know, you know, because I I think this is something that they've wanted to do for a while, but uh, but not even Charlie Baker would go this uh, would would go this far, you know, to uh, to appease the Democrats. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, uh, there was a limit apparently to what uh, you know to what Charlie Baker would uh, would do, but uh, you know, but you know, but unfortunately, you know, you you have one party rule, and uh, you know, this is what Maura Healy wants to do to uh, the people of Massachusetts, and you know, like I said, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that there's uh, much of anything that uh, that we can do about it. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is uh, the number. I uh, just wanted to uh, talk about uh, what, uh, my uh, fun night up at uh, Fenway Park back on uh, Friday. Yes, uh, the Sox uh, took on uh, the Oakland A's, and uh, you know they did win the game seven to three. They went on to uh, sweep the series with a ten to three win on uh, Saturday, but uh, Sunday they had to earn it. They were actually down three one going to the bottom of the sixth, but they rallied and eventually won it four to three on a. Uh, Yoshida home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, but uh, I thought it was uh, very fascinating. I, you could tell that it's been a long time since I've been to a game at uh, Fenway Park, because I was quite surprised that uh, that I could not use cash to uh, to pay for concessions. You know, I you know because I was I was looking around you know the different uh, stands uh, you know to see uh, what I was. Uh, what I was going to do, I finally, I finally picked out uh, one stand in particular, and uh, it wasn't until I got close enough that I, uh, that I, you know, that I saw the sign that, uh, you know, that they, uh, you know, there was, you know, the sign saying that you need to have your uh, bank card or, uh, you know, or credit card uh, ready, you know, to, uh, to purchase items. So, you know, so I stayed in the, I stayed in the line until I got to the front, and I asked uh, the, uh, you know, the kid behind the counter. Uh, you know, is there any place that uh, you know, that takes cash? And uh, and the kid was like, "No, you know, you have to wait for the people to come up and down the aisles with, uh, you know, with the items, you know, with the food and drink. You know, if you if you can if you can only pay by cash. So, you know, you know, what can I say? I'm like I'm like the one person in the world without a credit card, <laughs> and I don't have a bank card either. So. So there you go. You know, I was so I was stuck. I had to wait till I had to wait till uh, you know they came up and down the stands, but uh, you know they, uh, you know there was uh, you know there was a guy coming with uh, pizza slices, so I decided to get one of those, and it was nine dollars. Good Lord Almighty! <laughs> and there was also and uh, you know there was a guy that was selling uh, you know uh, you know Dell's uh, frozen lemonade in. Uh, in very small cups. So I decided to get one of those, you know, trying to cut back on the soda and everything. And that was $8. Ugh. <laughs> Boy, you know, <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't have to pay for the ticket because, <laughs> I mean, my, you know, you know, you know, my God, I mean, these, uh, these concessions are just getting ridiculous. But, uh, you know, but, you know, but still it was, you know, it was a fun night and, uh, you know, they did win the game and there was one, uh, Rather cool thing that happened uh, uh, before the uh, you know after the top of the fifth inning, uh, you know they were showing some uh, people in the stands. You know you know they were doing some you know acting crazy, and I just I kind of looked away at a moment uh, for a moment, 
to uh, you know talk to one of the people that I was uh, at the game with, and then when I looked back up, there was a guy you know sitting you know uh, standing up next to a girl, and he gets down on one knee. Yep, a marriage proposal at Fenway Park. <laughs> she said yes, thankfully because. My God, that would have been one of the biggest. <laughs> I mean, that would have been the embarrassing moment of a lifetime if uh, if he had been turned down. But thankfully, she said yes, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, everyone will live happily ever after. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was still a fun experience. Always fun when they uh, when they win. You know, I was I was thinking back to some of the other. Uh, some of the other games I had been to over the years at Fenway, uh, you know, in 1999, saw Pedro Martinez pitch a game there. I mean, you're, I'm, you know, we're talking prime Pedro. And he went out there. He beat uh, the Twins. Uh, he did give up one run. It was 9-1, to one, I believe, at the final. But he went. He pitched a complete game, three-hitter, had like 13, 14 strikeouts. Just, uh, just amazing. And I was actually there once back in... Uh, 2004, when they were, uh, it was one of the days that they were filming the movie Fever Pitch. Uh, they were playing Texas that day. They lost, unfortunately, but uh, but uh, you know we, we had heard before going up that they were going to be uh, uh, doing some filming during that game. You know, I don't think I don't think I got on camera, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, pretty interesting. And you know, I thought back to the first time I ever went there in 1986, saw them play Cleveland. Uh, I have an uncle who actually knew a guy that was playing on the Indians. That's how we got the tickets. And uh, we saw a great game. Of course, that was the year the Sox went to the World Series but lost to the Mets. But they won that day over Cleveland. It was uh, Don Baylor winning that game with a uh, walk-off base hit. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, really good memories there at uh, Fenway Park. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll be able to get to see another game uh, later this year. We shall see. But uh, right now... Going to take another break, and I'm going to get into the uh, mayor's race in Taunton. I'll let you know what's uh, what's uh, transpiring down there, and uh, we'll have uh, uh, plenty more as well. So uh, stay tuned. You are listening to AM 1320 WARA. And we uh, welcome you back to uh, right now with uh, Ben Rosa here on AM 1320 WARA. The uh, music just kind of uh, ended. <laughs> <laughs> I did not touch anything, you know. Unfortunately, uh, if you were, you remember when I first started doing the show, I was I had a lot of trouble uh, with the uh, technical aspects of things because you know don't have a producer here. I you know have to run the board myself, and uh, I don't know what the heck happened there. The uh, I'm just going to try to make some adjustments here to it while. Uh, you know, while I'm in uh, this uh, this segment of the show, but five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is the phone number if you would like to get on board this evening. So, wanted to get into what is happening down in uh, in my home city in Taunton with uh, with the uh, mayor's race. Uh, of course, uh, Shauna O'Connell has been uh, the mayor, uh, finishing her uh, second term right now, uh, having. Uh, First elected in 2019, you know, she defeated Estelle Borges there and then uh, ran unopposed for re-election in 2021, but uh, that's uh, not the case this year. Uh, there is a, a gentleman named Ed Correa who has decided to uh, 
to run against Shauna. Uh, Ed is uh, someone who is uh, very well known within uh, the city. He's uh, operated a number of uh, various businesses throughout the years, and uh, he's been, uh, you know, while he hasn't uh, run for anything in the past, he has been uh, involved with, uh, you know, with uh, various uh, political campaigns. He has, uh, you know, supported a number of uh, individuals' campaigns over the years. Uh, one of those uh, people was uh, was uh, Sean O'Connell herself. As a matter of fact, uh, um, Ed was uh, Shauna's chief of staff at uh, Taunton City Hall. Uh, you know, Shauna chose him for that uh, position uh, upon becoming mayor, and uh, he you know fulfilled that role for about uh, two and a half years or so until he is suddenly left uh, in the middle of the year last year. Uh, there was apparently some sort of uh, falling out between them, but uh, but uh, neither uh, but neither of them have ever really come out and uh, spoken about uh, what it was. Uh, you know, Correa just uh, handed in his uh, resignation, and uh, that was that. And you know, when I heard he resigned, I was uh, surprised, but I certainly didn't think anything uh, more was going. To come out of it until I began hearing uh, the rumors that uh, he was going to run for mayor, and he has uh, taken out uh, the papers. Uh, you know, they haven't been certified. As I mentioned, there are three people that are running: uh, uh, Sean O'Connell, the incumbent; Ed Correa, one of the challengers; and there's a, another gentleman by the name of Charles Wright. I could not tell you who he is. Uh, <laughs> I have never met the man before. I, you know. I, I saw the name on the list of uh, people that took out papers to run for office, and uh, my mind uh, drew a blank. But uh, and he was actually the first one to take the papers out. I don't know if he uh, if he thought that no one else was going to run and felt like uh, Shauna needed an opponent. But uh, you know, but we'll see if he turns in his papers because if all three of them do, then uh, we will have a, a primary come September. Now I've known Ed for uh, you know for many years, and you know, like I said, he's been involved with a number of our uh, you know the candidates that have run. And I do have to mention, which I haven't yet, that uh, that Ed Correa is also a Republican, uh, much like uh, the mayor is. So it's uh, that uh, that adds another interesting uh, wrinkle to uh, you know to this upcoming election because uh, you know they are both registered Republicans, and, you know, it's already, it already seems to be drawing, uh, you know, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, they are forming uh, two different uh, factions here, because I do know one of the uh, city councilors and uh, one of the, uh, another Republican that is running uh, for the city council, I know, I know that uh, there's a couple of people there that uh, are, uh, that are supporting uh, Correa, uh, talking about uh, John McCall, who's been one of the uh, councillors in Taunton since 2009, and a uh, woman named Lisa Potter, who is uh, who is uh, running for the city council, and uh, you know, she's actually the vice chair of the city Republican committee, and uh, she is backing uh, Correa as well. Uh, I do know some some others that uh, you know that are backing uh, Shauna for re-election. But uh, but my you know my main concern here is and you know this was something that I uh, talked about with a couple of people uh, while I was up at the event back on Sunday. Uh, 
There are a lot of uh, conservatives who have kind of uh, turned their back on Shauna because, uh, you know, she decided to uh, back uh, Chris Doty in the uh, gubernatorial primary last year instead of Jeff Deal. Uh, For those that know, uh, uh, you know, Shauna and Jeff uh, worked uh, very closely together while they were in the legislature, Uh, you know, worked on a lot of items together and, uh, you know, had... uh, built up a pretty solid friendship, uh, you know, so we thought. But then, of course, uh, you know, she ended up backing uh, Doty, and uh, there's a lot of uh, conservatives who have an issue with Shauna. But uh, but I think, you know, but, but there's something that people, uh, something that they need uh, to understand. Uh, you know, see, see, I think that uh, Ed is being, uh, you know, that Ed is being uh, put up to do this by the Democrats, uh, you know, it it just didn't seem it still doesn't seem to make sense to me as to why he would uh, you know you know why he would challenge uh, Shauna and I think you know there's one uh, Democrat in particular down in Taunton who's probably all uh, giddy about this and I mentioned her earlier her name is Estelle Borges she's a member of the city council she got back on the council in the last election she had to step down she'd been on the council for a couple of terms but then. When uh, Tom Hoy announced he wasn't running for mayor in 2019, she and Shauna uh, ran for mayor, and uh, Shauna handled her uh, quite easily, which she had also done three years earlier in 2016 when Estelle decided to uh, challenge Shauna for for the state representative seat, and, uh, you know, Shauna beat her again quite easily. You know, know, a lot, you know, if if you, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have have not heard of uh, Estelle before, but uh, you know, but I can tell you that you know that she is she is bound and determined to one day be mayor of Taunton. And you know it is her life's goal, but uh, but that is going to be a problem for uh, for people like myself because you know Estelle is probably the uh, you know the most uh, liberal Democrat that we have. You know I think you know probably the most farthest left. Uh, person that we have, you know, I think even more so than our state rep Carol Doherty and our uh, state senator Mark Pacheco, and uh, you know, I think you know, you know, you know, Estelle has, you know, it's been proven that she can't defeat Shauna, so I don't know. So something tells me that uh, she could be uh, behind this uh, campaign here because uh, because I had a conversation with someone uh, who's on a board in uh, the city. Uh, you know, uh, not an elected board, but a you know, but a, an appointed board. I had a conversation with uh, this uh, with uh, one gentleman back at the end of April, and he told me that Estelle was frustrated because she couldn't get anything done on the city council. Because as you know, we have a you know, Republicans have a six-three majority on the council, and you know, I'm, you know, Estelle would like to uh, get some of these real radical left ideas. Uh, implemented in uh, Taunton, but uh, but she can't get it done. You know, you know she can't get it done because uh, you know because you know because even the three Democrats aren't always aligned with each other. One of them, uh, Philip Duart, uh, you know, has sometimes uh, sided uh, with the mayor and uh, you know and with the uh, majority on various issues. So. You know, so in order for her to get anything done, she has to you know, not only have the other two Democrats in line with her, but she has to get, you know, a couple of the Republicans to, uh, you know, to go along with her. And obviously that's not happening or she wouldn't be complaining about it. So, uh, 
you know, so, you know, so I, you know, so I do worry that, uh, you know, that I think, uh, you know, that uh, they may be using Ed here, to, uh, you know, the Democrats might be using him to, uh, you know, to try to uh, worm their way into power because, you know, if, uh, you know, because if Ed does win and there's going to be changes on the city council, uh, I should also mention that uh, one of the, one of our uh, six city councilors there, Chris Coit, announced back on Friday that he is not running for re-election after serving for two terms. So, uh, you know, so, you know, it could be a bit of an issue for us to uh, keep the uh, majority down there. So, you know, if that happens, uh, you know, it, it's going to be easier for, you know, for, you know, for Estelle to get what she wants done. And, and uh, another thing I didn't mention, because Ed looks really good for his age, but he is 74 years old. So, I can't imagine that even that if he does win, he's going to be mayor for more than, you know, a term or two. So I think, you know, there's a pretty good chance he's, you know, that, uh, you know, he'll, you know, he'll step aside and uh, kind of clear the way for Estelle to, uh, to win. So, you know, and, you know, we, we've had it pretty good in town the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I would like to keep it that way. So, uh, so, you know, since, you know, since others have said, you know, they're coming out and supporting uh, one or the other, you know, I'm definitely uh, behind Shauna. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we need to uh, we need to keep things going the way they are and uh, keep some of these really bad ideas from uh, from getting hold in uh, in the city. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is the number We're going to take a final break for uh, this hour and uh, be back with uh, more on the other side. Uh as you may remember, uh, you know, last uh, last week we were supposed to have the uh, the final inning at McCoy, at McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, but it was postponed. It is taking place this coming Sunday, so we'll get into uh, the details about that. And also, today is a very interesting day in political history. Yes, a uh, rather monumental event happened on this day. It uh, it had nothing to do with the Republican Party, but still. A very important uh, thing happened on this day in history, so I'll uh, get into uh, that and more. And if you uh, hopefully uh, you feel like uh, chiming in, 508-222-1320 is our number. We're going to let's see if because uh, we had a problem with the uh, with the system going into the last break. Let's see here. There we go. <laughs> Be back after this. Wednesday, July 1st, the Ames Mansion in Borderland State Park in Easton will hold a mansion tour from 1 to 1.30 p.m. On this 30-minute guided tour, visitors can explore the history of the Ames family and the mansion itself. This tour is of the first floor only and is meant for adults and older children. This three-story stone mansion hosts 20 large rooms and is fully furnished as they were when the Ames family lived there. Space is limited to 15 people per tour. Visitors are requested to pre-register to ensure their spot on the tour. For more information or to register, you can contact Paul at paul.clifford at mass.gov. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, 
your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks has been part of the Attleboro area since 1906. They have always been involved in community service and charitable fundraising, giving back to our veterans, supporting our seniors, and providing youth enrichment opportunities, such as soccer and hoop shoots, fishing derbies, and dictionary projects, while also providing academic scholarships. The Elks are over 800 strong locally, and their members are their greatest asset. To learn more, you can go to attleboroelks.org. Remember, Elks care, Elks share. And welcome back to Right Now with me, Van Rosa, here on AM 1320 WARA 508-222-1320 is the uh, phone number if you would like to uh, take part in the program this evening. Uh, so uh, the uh, baseball all-star game took place last night. And, uh, you know, although usually I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch at least the first, uh, you know, you know, two, three innings of the game. You know, I mean, there's really nothing up for grabs in it, but it's it's fun to see all of the, uh, you know, the uh, the big stars. They usually play the first, uh, you know, of course the pitchers only go one inning for the most part. Uh, you know, the the starters they usually go one trip through the lineup, maybe two, and then you know, and then you know they start bringing in all the uh, the guys off the bench. But uh, you know, I didn't check out, I didn't watch any of the game last night. But the National League actually won. And, you know, I looked it up. This is only, like, the fourth time that they've won the All-Star Game since, uh, since like, uh, the mid-'90s. Yeah, the American League has dominated this thing, but, uh, you know, the National League came up with uh, two runs in the top of the eighth, and they wound up winning 3-2. to two. Uh, One of the uh, reasons why I didn't watch was because, you know, the Red Sox, uh, despite having a winning record, uh, you, know, uh, you know, having a, a decent season so far, they only had one guy make the all-star game and that was uh the uh, closer out of the bullpen kenley jansen he did get into the game because i mean yeah because sometimes you know you can be chosen as a pitcher but not get in but he did get in after uh felix bautista from the orioles uh, coughed up the lead during the top of the eighth inning uh jansen came in and he struck out uh, lords goriel jr from uh, the diamondbacks on three pitches to get out of the uh, top of the eighth but uh you know the damage was done you know, the American League did get a guy on base in the bottom of the eighth, but they hit into a, a line drive double play to end the inning. And uh, they weren't able to uh, rally in the top of the ninth against Craig Kimbrell of the Phillies. Why can't the Red Sox get guys like that? Oh, yeah, we had him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, hey, the National League wins the All-Star game. Good for them. 
But uh, but speaking of baseball, uh, as uh, we mentioned uh, last week, uh, the final inning at McCoy Stadium that was supposed to take place on uh, on the third of July uh, did not happen. It was postponed, but it is taking place this Sunday, July sixteenth, and it will be from three until nine thirty. Uh, there'll be a music, food trucks, a bounce house, and other games, face painting, and other activities. Uh, there'll be uh, DJs and a couple of bands. And, of course, at uh, 920, the uh, fireworks will begin as uh, we uh, as we send off McCoy Stadium with uh, one last uh, big event. Now, uh, there's going to be, uh, you, you, you're only going to be able to get in with uh, wristbands, and uh, the city of Pawtucket has the information about that, and uh, I'll just go over uh some of the bullet points about that. Uh, 3,000 fans will be allowed onto the field for the fireworks displays. Wristbands can be obtained on a first-come, first-served basis. There will not be tickets to attend this event. Anyone coming to the event from 3 to 9 for the, for the food trucks, entertainment, and the other activities will not need a ticket. But uh, the wristbands will be needed to sit on the field during the fireworks display. Anyone on the field after 8.15 without a wristband will be asked to exit. Uh, they are obtained on a first-come, first-served basis. And uh, event attendees will be able to obtain the wristbands on the day of the event only. You can't go there ahead of time and uh, get one. They will have a table set up near the entrance of the field. And uh, the wristbands will begin being given out at 4 o'clock. They will be limited to one per person. Attendees cannot collect wristbands for people who are not present. So, Sorry, if someone's going to get there at six o'clock, you know, you know, you can't hold a wristband for them. They'll have to, hopefully, uh, they'll have to get one themselves if there's any available. You know, whenever they show up, the seating is not going to be in the stadium or the stands. It will be on the field. Attendees will need to provide their own blankets or lawn chairs. No coolers, large bags, or pets are permitted on the field. And attendees who do not receive a wristband are still able to watch from the parking lot over in the area by uh, the food trucks. And I guess they're still looking for people to uh, volunteer for this. So, uh, you know, they do have a, uh, they do have a, a link on the, uh, on the uh, city website that uh, you can go to. It's, uh, it's uh, signup.com slash, you know, backslash go backslash Y-O-H-U-B-U-C. Don't know what uh, <laughs> it's an interesting uh, interesting address, but uh, but that's where you can go. Um, you know, there's, uh, there are some other uh, FAQs that are mentioned, uh, and, and as far as uh, parking is concerned, because that's obviously going to be a big uh, thing here. Um, you know, there will be no parking uh, on the grounds of the stadium, and or on Division Street, or at the uh, Jinx Junior High, uh, the high school uh, rear parking lot. Uh, parking will be available at the uh, Agnes Little School, the front lot of the Jinx Junior High School. You can access that via Ashton Street. There are limited spots available. Um, parking is also available at uh, some of the other businesses around the stadium. Absorbent Specialty Products on Hamlet Street, North Star Metals on Columbus Avenue, Bliss Manufacturing on Bacon Street, and uh, All Star Insulation on Rhode Island Avenue, and uh, there will be additional paid. Uh, there are there could be additional paid lots uh, available in the area. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Some people uh, living around the stadium, uh, if they got room to fit more, got room to fit cars in there. You know, they'll. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll charge you a good price for uh, for parking. And by good, I mean good for them, not good for you, but good for them. Uh, 
<laughs> Division Street uh, will be closed to uh, vehicles and uh, pedestrians between South Bend Street, Columbus Avenue, and Delta Drive beginning at 8 a.m. and continuing until after the fireworks are completed. Uh, ben Mondor Way will be uh, open for pedestrians only. There are no on-site drop-off locations, so uh, please plan accordingly if you're going to be uh, driving in the area on Sunday. Traffic restrictions will be in place prior to and after the fireworks for everyone's safety. So uh, so, uh, so that's uh, the information about uh, well, the uh, final inning at McCoy that's uh, been rescheduled uh, for this Sunday. And since it is taking place on Sunday, I'm, I'm thinking of perhaps going there myself. You know, <laughs> it would be uh, it would be very interesting. Uh, you know, I mentioned, uh, you know, when I was talking about this, when we thought it was going to happen a couple of weeks ago, you know, talked about some of the cool things that uh, that I did and saw over at McCoy Stadium. Just a shame that uh, they're not able to uh, that they weren't able to, you know, to at least keep baseball in Rhode Island. You know, there was, you know, there were proposals to build a new stadium. I mean, it would have been sad to see McCoy go, but it would have been uh, nice to see, uh, you know, to see baseball stay down here. I mean, Worcester, yeah, Worcester's not a bad drive, but uh, I don't know. I've just, you know, I have not been to a game yet at Polar Park because, you know, I don't know, I just, you know, I just haven't had uh, the opportunity to do so, but, uh, you know, perhaps in the future, you know, you know head up there to uh, check it out. 508-222-1320 is the uh, number. And uh, as I mentioned, today is a, a, very, uh, a very important thing happened uh, in politics on this date. Uh, yes, uh, July twelfth, nineteen eighty four was uh, that was the year it happened, and of course I'm sure you remember that uh, you know for you know well those of you that are old enough to remember the nineteen eighty four presidential election, Walter Mondale was the uh, candidate for the Democrats, but it was on this day that Walter Mondale announced his selection for a running mate, his uh, vice the vice presidential candidate. Geraldine Ferraro, who is a uh, member of uh, the House of Representatives from New York State, so uh, so she uh, made history as uh, the first woman to be on a presidential ticket. So uh, that was a uh, certainly a um, you know a monumental event for uh, you know you know historically here in the uh, United States. Uh, you know we'd. Uh, you know, there hadn't been, uh, of course, uh, women had only uh, received uh, the right to vote uh, back uh, some 65 years uh, earlier. You know, so so obviously, you know, there weren't, you know, there wouldn't have been a uh, a woman, uh, you know, running for president or being a running mate of someone running for president back then. Although, uh, although actually, now that I think about it. It just kind of crossed my mind here that uh, that the first woman to ever serve Congress was actually served uh, just before uh, women were able to get the right to vote. Uh, uh, there was a woman by the name of Geraldine Rankin who was from Montana, and uh, she was actually elected to Congress, I believe. It was either the 1916 or the 1918 House election. She was from Montana, I do believe. And uh, you know, so so she actually got in there before uh, before women had the right to vote, and uh, you know, 
course, uh, of course, being a of course being a Republican, you know, <laughs> don't have a lot of you know fond uh, memories of uh, Geraldine Ferraro, but still, you know, it was it was a huge moment, and I think uh, I think uh, you know the Democrats uh, might have uh, you know chosen her with you know with a little bit of uh, you know you know cynicism there. I think you know maybe they thought that uh, you know that they would increase uh, their share of uh, the vote for women. You know, I think, you know, you know they, they realized that uh, Mondale had, Mondale had no shot in hell of winning. I mean, <laughs> it was painfully obvious, and, and of course, we all remember the results. Reagan took uh, every state but Mondale's own, uh, you know. And I think, you know, you know, and I think the Democrats just, you know, you know, you know got this idea of Mondale's head just so, you know, you know, just so it wasn't a total loss. Yeah, you know, you know, they they could they could at least say that uh, you know, hey, you know, you know, we tried something different, but uh, she was, uh, you know, but she was, you know, very interesting. I think she ended up running uh, for a statewide office up there in New York eventually, but uh, but uh, did not win. But uh, but yeah, she, uh, you know, she did make history, and of course, in two thousand eight, uh, the Republicans uh, uh, made history of their own with uh, Sarah Palin being chosen as. Uh, as uh, John McCain's running mate, and obviously now we've got uh, Kamala Harris, whether you like it or not, <laughs> as the uh, current vice president. So, uh, so yes, uh, women uh, certainly uh, you know making uh, strides in uh, politics, and obviously you know I mean it's no big surprise these days you know you know for women to hold any kind of office, but uh, but uh, not the presidency just yet. Uh, you know, of course, you know, we do have Nikki Haley running on the Republican side for uh, 2024, but uh, you know, kind of a long shot at this point. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with uh, President Biden? I suppose there's a chance that uh, that he, you know, that he, uh, you know, might not run. You know, if that happened, you know, Harris would uh, more than Harris would uh, step up and uh, be the candidate. Oops, excuse me here for a second. All right, there we go. Now the headsets are giving me problems. <laughs> if it isn't one thing today, it's another. But uh, 508-222-1320 is uh, the number. Uh, so we're coming up to the uh, top of the hour here. So we're going to uh, take a break for the uh, ACS News and then be back with the uh, second hour of the show. Uh, definitely want to talk about uh, my experiences on uh, Sunday hosting a uh, hosting an event for the uh, Central Mass uh, Conservatives. So I'll get into a little of that, you know, and can rehash uh, things that we talked about during the first hour. And uh, as I mentioned, I do have uh, something uh, very important to announce uh, near the end of the show during the uh, final segment. So we'll uh, have all that and uh, more in uh, just a few minutes after our top of the hour break. And you are listening to AM 1320 WARA. You're listening to WARA 1320 AM Attleboro.
Welcome to the AACS Daily News. The city of Attleboro's compost center is now open to residents. Solid Waste Administrator Cheryl Perry spoke to us about the available services. I'm Cheryl Perry, Solid Waste Manager in the Attleboro Health Department. And we're here at the Recycling Center and Compost Center at located